Good morning, everyone. I'm Liz Kuzin, and I'm so excited to share today's message. And before I start, I thought it would be fun to share. Um, and I just realized this during worship. Today is July 2nd, and four years ago today, I met Jake for the first time. <laughs> and I was just like worshiping, being super grateful. But basically, one of my uh, really good friends that I was living with, she was on island. I wasn't here. And she met Jake through his boat tour. And she was like, oh, I found your soulmate. And I'm like, is he coming home with you? <laughs> anyway, long story short, she just introduced us on July 2nd through text. And that's kind of how it all started. And here we are, four years later, married and expecting a little one. So um, I'm so excited to share about um, Jesus and him being our good shepherd. But... Before I get started, just a reminder, we are doing the Great I Am series, and um, last week, Pastor Aaron preached a message um, titled, I Am the Door of the Sheep, and basically his message was about Jesus being the door that leads to eternal security and the voice that leads to abundant life. So today I'm going to focus on Jesus being our good shepherd and how if we listen to his voice and follow him, then, you know, he leads us to goodness, even though sometimes in our lives it doesn't seem that way. Um, when we're in the middle of a storm or when something crazy is happening in our lives, you know, it doesn't feel like he's there for us. But I'm here to remind you that he is. And so the title of my message is I Am the Good Shepherd. And my main idea for today is to talk about how Jesus loves us and cares for us. He protects us even to the point of death. And when we read in John 10, 11 in the NIV version, um, he basically tells us that word for word. He says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So um, this whole idea of God being our good shepherd led me to the book of Psalms, which is my favorite book in the Bible, or one of my favorites. And <clears throat> I'm going to read today Psalms, oh, awesome, Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6. And I highly recommend, if you don't already, reading it in the TPT version, the Passion Translation. That's my favorite. So here we go. I'm going to read it. It's kind of long, but it's a beautiful passage. It says, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. 
So after reading that, you probably just get like all the butterflies and rainbows and just picture perfect, like God is so good. <laughs> but sometimes in our lives, we go through things and it's kind of like, yeah, I can read this passage and I can tell a friend about it or, you know, I can believe it for other people. But when you read this, do you believe this for yourself? So today, the three main points that I'm going to share are in your notes that hopefully you picked up on the, when you <laughs> walked in. But the three points that I'm going to share are things that I kind of felt a little bit convicted with, mainly point number two, and we'll get there. But for today, I'm going to start with my first point, of course, which is we always have more than enough with God. And that was in the first verse that I read. And sometimes it's so easy to become distracted by the what ifs I want, I need. And basically, sometimes we want more and more of things of this world. Like, we all have to work, right? So when I have more money, I'll be happier. When I get the bigger house, I'll be happier. When I get the fanciest car, I'll be happier. Or you can even like minimize and make it smaller. Like, if I have the best phone, that's, you know, that's gonna make me happy. Ladies, we love to shop. If we go shopping at the cutest clothes, we'll feel better about ourselves. But for me, this first point is like, okay, that's cool. Like, you want to buy all these things, that's good. But don't lose the focus that God is your fulfillment first. Not your job, not your spouse, not your boyfriend, or, you know, what if he doesn't propose to me? What if he does? What if we don't get married? What if we do? If you have your solid foundation, then you cannot be shaken. So for me personally, my thing is I want a house. Jake and I currently rent. We're super blessed to have the house that we have. There's nothing wrong with renting, honestly, but it's always been a dream of mine to own a house. But here in Hawaii, <laughs> the prices are crazy. And, you know, sometimes when you take a look at what's in the mainland, it's like, wow, we could easily afford a house there but you know, we're here now. And so I feel like in the last couple of months, you know, with us being um, pregnant, I'm like, where are we gonna put the baby? Which we do have an extra room, but it's just like one of my desires. And God has, you know, checked me and is like, you know, you should be happy with what you have. You have more than enough. And so I am happy, I'm not unhappy, <laughs> but it was just like one of those little reminders. So. You fill in your blank. What is your what if? What is your I want? What is your I need? What is, you know, the desire of your heart? There's nothing wrong with having desires, but if you don't have God first in your life, then that's when things get a little shaky. Um, so point number two for today, which, like I said, I will probably be spending the most time here. I'm going to be breaking it down into two parts. Um, is we have a resting place in God, an oasis of peace. He restores and revives our lives. God guides us in his footsteps of righteousness. So the words that stood out to me in this um, verse, verse 2 and 3, in these verses, sorry, was having a resting place in God and the oasis of peace. And so my question to you guys today is, are you currently at peace and do you find rest in the Lord? And I have two little testimonies that I want to share. Um, so our main idea is that God is our good shepherd. 
but can he still be your good shepherd even when <laughs> you're in a weird, crazy, just unexpected situation? And so I'm here to remind you as a friend, like, you can be, and it's not easy. I don't know anyone perfect at it, especially me. Um, but back in April, we were at the airport, which we all know is not a resting place. <laughs> it's a place of chaos and no peace because you're rushing. You want to get on your flight. So anyway, we're at the airport in April. My brother's getting married that weekend. And basically, it's like 10 minutes until we have to board. And we hear that dreaded announcement that our flight is canceled. So we, you know, <laughs> automatically panic, run to the front of the airport, and, you know, I'm still, like, hopeful, like, okay, we're going to get rebooked for the next morning. Well, we don't. Basically, there's no one up there to help us. They hand us a little card, call this 1-800 number, and you can get help with them. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So long story short, we unfortunately can't go um, to my brother's wedding because it would have just been a nightmare. We would have flown out Friday night. That was like the flight that was available. Um, and then we would get there Saturday morning. We would have to get our rental, go to someone's house, get ready, go to a wedding, have fun, stay up late, only to wake up early in the morning the next day. So as you can imagine, I was not in a resting place. I wasn't trusting God. I was like, why are you doing this to me? Like. This isn't fun. Everyone's there. I'm here. I'm having a major case of FOMO, <laughs> which if you don't know what that means, it means fear of missing out. So that's the new word if you want to add that to <laughs> your vocabulary. But yeah, I was so sad. Lots of tears were shed. And I was questioning, like, God, why are you doing this? You know? And so basically, Jake was being super supportive. And he was, like, going to keep me distracted. And we're like, OK we'll go surf. I was really getting good at surfing. And it's like, I'll keep my mind off of the situation, which when you're in it, it's like, yeah, you're, you want to pray. And I did. But then I also had like, my mixed emotions of like, God, like, seriously, I've been so good to you. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's God's fault that it got canceled. But it was just crazy. It was like literally 10 minutes before. So anyway, we were supposed to go surfing, then it was thunderstorms and rain the next morning, and then, okay, let's go camping, and then it's raining up in Waimea Canyon, <laughs> so basically, we had to stay home, and, you know, my mom's sending me pictures, and Instagram, Facebook, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do, like, I have to get through this weekend, like, this is what is happening, and so, you know, in your own personal life, you've probably had moments like that not necessarily a flight canceled or missing a family member's wedding, but I just remember just feeling super faithless. And then fast forward to April 4th, which is our anniversary. So it was the weekend of our anniversary. My brother was gonna get married the same weekend. And then four day, two or three days later, um, we find out we're expecting. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you are so good. <laughs> and it's like, it was super exciting. We completely forgot about the wedding. I mean, it still kind of hurts a little bit, but with the excitement of, you know, being pregnant, finding out for the first time, it was just like, gosh, thank you so much. Like, I really needed this, you know? We don't always get that. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you when you're in a situation and then he's going to show up, you know, 
three or four days later, but you know, he is good and he does know the desires of our hearts. And I still don't really understand why we missed the wedding, but at the same time, I feel like he was protecting me. You know, when you're pregnant, putting so much stress on your body, being in the airplane, super uncomfortable. I just think it was his hand protecting, you know, me and our child. And so one last thing that I want to share about, you know, trusting God, him being your peace, him being your resting place is maybe you are someone that suffers with chronic pain, which I personally do. And (laughs) a few weeks ago, like I was, you know, thinking about my message, probably a month ago, actually. I was, you know, thinking about preaching, and one day on a Thursday, I had the worst headache in the world. So I get severe headaches, and I remember it was a Thursday because we missed youth that night, and it was unbearable. Like, I was in tears. Everything that I normally do for a headache wasn't working, and I just broke down, and I told Jake, I'm like, how am I supposed to preach when I feel like you know, my faith is diminishing. Like, I am not full of faith right now. I'm hurting. God isn't healing me. I don't understand. Like, why is this happening to me? How am I supposed to stand in front of everyone declaring his goodness when he hasn't healed me? And he might not. Do I believe that he can? Yes, absolutely. But it hasn't happened. I'm still praying. And, you know, I am taking steps to try to find out what's wrong with me. I've done a lot, and I'm sure if you know someone that suffers from chronic pain or if you suffer from pain yourself, um, you go to the doctor, they tell you you're fine, you take medicine, but it's like the same reoccurring problem. So the next day after me saying, I feel faithless, like God doesn't love me, and I was just (laughs) having a pity party, Of course, I didn't mean it. I was just, my emotions were just coming out. And, you know, I just had to really focus and pray. And it's like, I'm not going to stop believing just because he hasn't healed me. And he has been so good to me from, you know, when I was born to me standing here. So it's like, I have to keep on following and trusting and being hopeful and knowing that he is my good shepherd and that he's going to get me through this, even if I have to have headaches the rest of my life. And so I'm here to remind you that sometimes your greatest pain is your greatest testimony. You just never know who needs to hear those words. So just wanted to share that and to remind us that we can have a resting place with God and that he is our peace. He's always, you know, there for us. And that leads me to the second part of this, which is God guides us in his footsteps of righteousness. Um, And that totally doesn't go with everything that I shared, but at the same time, I think that it does because, you know, if I'm trusting him, following him, then I am doing what I am called, you know, to do. But at the same time, it reminded me of back in 09, I can't really remember what year it was, but I stopped going to church. You know, I stopped living for God. Um, I still believed in him, but, you know, a few years later, I go through a huge breakup, and then, you know, in the middle of my storm, like, who was there? You know, the person that left me, or I left him. I don't remember how it went, (laughs) you know? 
I cannot depend on other people to be my resting place. And so God should be front and center. And when I started going back to church, I was kind of like halfway. Like, yeah, I would go to church, you know, every Sunday and then Monday through Saturday, I was doing my own thing. And so by that, I mean, you know, not living according to God's word. And so my question to you today is, are we fully following God or are we doing our own thing? And so church, you know, following God, church is very important. But then what happens Monday through Saturday? Are you still in his word? Are you still praying? Are you still trying to shepherd other people to follow God? Or are you just you know, whatever, like, la, 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 I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to open my Bible, I'm not going to encourage someone today. And so that leads me to the parable of, of the, can't talk, sorry, the parable of the lost son. I'm not going to read the whole story, but that story is found in Luke 15, 11 through 32. And basically, Jesus is telling the story about a father who has two sons and the younger son tells him, oh, give me my inheritance, you know, just give me my money. And then the son goes off to a different place, different country, and basically he's doing his own thing, doing the wild living thing, and basically he spent all of his money. Um, he spent everything. And then in that country, there was a severe famine, and he began to be in need. And so that need led him to have to work feeding pigs. And when he was feeding the pigs, the food that he was serving to the pigs was appetizing to him. Like, he didn't have anything, and he's like, I want that. And so um, we pick up in Luke 15, 17 through 24, and it says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So I want to remind you today that this is how God feels about you. You know, if you are doing your own thing, He's always there, filled with compassion for you. He is our good shepherd. He is always waiting for us. And if we make a mistake or if we sin, which, you know, we're not perfect. We all make mistakes throughout the week. We might have a small sin or two. But we need to remember that he always forgives us, that he died and rose for us, that we may have eternal life. And in 1 Peter 3.18, we read, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And then just to go with that, in John 10, we read, 
uh, sorry, John 10, 17 through 18, in the NIV version, we read, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So, you know, if you are in a place or you know someone that's in a place where they desperately need God, it's never too late to return to God. And um, that leads me to another part of the Bible, the parable of the lost sheep, which can be found in Luke 15. Um, and the story is so beautiful because it talks about how, you know, God leaves the 99 for the one. And it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to come back to God and that the Father's love and rejoicing is always waiting for us. We don't have to do anything. If I go back to my first point where we talked about having more than enough in Christ and, you know, I talked about do, some, do we sometimes do more and more or want more and more to prove something because we don't have to. God gave his life for each one of us. Not, you know, if he just had to do it for you, he would. So we always have his compassionate love and his rejoicing um, that is waiting for us. And so, sorry. My third point comes from verses four through six, which says, Fear can never conquer us. We have God's authority. He is our strength and our peace. There are times in our lives when, you know, fear can creep in. And what do you do? The enemy wants to feed you lies. He wants to, you know, kind of have you go down a rabbit hole. But our good shepherd declares and tells us that, you know, he protects us and he loves us even to the point of him giving his life for us. So if we're ever in a situation where we think it's unfair, think about it. God gave his son so that we can live. Do you think that was easy? No, <laughs> it was hard. And so God reminds us that this road that we're meant to walk, it's not supposed to be a cakewalk. It's not supposed to be easy. We're going to have trials Things are going to happen in our lives that don't understand. We, you know, it doesn't make sense. But what are you going to do? Are you just going to fall away because something's not going your way? Which, like I shared, um, those key words about 
having enough with God, him being our peace, him being your resting place, that should be daily. <laughs> Not just on Sunday, like, yeah, I'm going to church, I'm going to worship, take notes, and then you put the notes away, and then what? So I encourage us to follow God at all times, not just when things are easy, but because then when something hard comes, what's going to happen? So um, before I close, I want to invite the worship team back up on stage um, so they can get ready um, for altar ministry and our last song. But to go with uh, fear can never conquer us and having God's authority and remembering that God is our strength and our peace and our suffering. Um, at the very bottom of your notes, it talks about trading your burdens for the good shepherd. So you might have more than one burden that you came in with today. And when I was preparing for this message, I feel like I definitely had more than one burden. And I had to check myself and realize, like, even if what I want doesn't happen, or even if I have to have headaches the rest of my life, what am I going to do? Am I going to trust God, or am I just going to stop going to church? Am I going to lose my faith? And I feel like God has done too much in my life for me to turn away, and he is my solid foundation. That doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to have days where... You know, I just have a meltdown, and I cry, and I say, why, God? And guess what? He already knows your feelings. He knows everything. So might as well let him know, like, I'm really angry with you, but you know what? Please forgive me because that is my emotions just taking over, trying to reign over me. So I am a very emotional person, and, you know, David wrote the Psalms, so I love that guy because, you know, he's super emotional. He tells God how he feels. But then he's like, God, help me. So I want to encourage you today to do that internal work in yourself. Like, am I fully, faithfully following the good shepherd, how he calls me to follow him? Or am I just following him when it's convenient? Or am I just going to church just to go? Like, I'm not even applying myself. Um, you know, feel no shame. If you need prayer, we're going to do that first and really, really soon, but um, the song, the last song we're going to sing, it's called Reckless Love, and um, a reminder that, you know, Jesus will leave the 99 for the one. He's going to celebrate over the one person returning, so some people, you know, they might find it reckless to leave the 99 for the one, but a good shepherd takes care of all of us. So God doesn't just care about me or Jake or whoever. He cares about all of us individually, and he knows our struggles. And my last verse for today comes from Psalms 118, verse 24 in the NLT version. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And so I actually have that in my car um, and it's just a daily reminder, like, whatever this day is bringing to you, rejoice in it, be glad in it, because God, you know, gave you this new day. Like, you are so lucky to be able to breathe, to be able to walk, to be able to do everything that you get to do. So, anyway, um, yeah, the altar ministry team can come up, 
and, you know, pick that word freedom. God wants you to have freedom even in your trial. If you have worries, doubts, today is the day um, to surrender it all. And you don't just have to do that on Sundays. You know, you can surrender everything daily because life isn't easy. It wasn't meant to be easy. And so I just encourage you every single morning, you know, instead of opening Facebook or Instagram, open your Bible, have that um, verse of the day sent to you to just remind you that who's got your back, who is in control, and who you're going to trust. Thank you. Oh, and Ultra Ministry team, come up.